0: Hey everybody, and welcome to another and our last Game of Thrones special for Geek Freaks. Whoop whoop. I am Frank, and I'm with Jonathan. Hey, hey, y'all. And with... Joshua. Oh, come
1: on, you're supposed to do something
2: special. Newha Ritsas Newha Brozy Joshua Isa, which is... My name is Joshua, and High Valyrian.
1: Hi, hi Valy- Oh, man. This kid's getting fancy on Oh, us. gosh, we're spoiled. I'm sorry. I know. Uh,
0: real quick, Susan, who has been with us for most of our episodes for the Game of Thrones episodes, is not with us today because... Work. Thanks, work. But mm-hmm. I do want to make sure to say a special thanks to Susan, who's been here for a lot of them. Quit that job. And uh, we really... Well, as soon as the podcast somehow pays us, I'm still figuring that part out. Mm-hmm. But anyways, <laughs> I really appreciate her coming in. And she having her point of view has been a lot of fun. So uh, thank you very much, Susan, and uh, appreciate it. Okay, let's go ahead and start off with overall. Jonathan, what did you think of this episode? Um,
1: Overall, I was satisfied in yeah. the ending of such a amazing story it was a, a satisfying end but it was still at the end not as thrilling and exciting as i was hoping and expecting it could be but it was in the end satisfying for a conclusion to the story
0: yeah yeah okay joshua what do you think overall of this episode like in
2: 20 seconds if i was good you can tell an ending is good when you feel like the story's been completed, Mm. but you still want to know more about the characters. If you say, I'm done with the characters, Mm. then maybe it wasn't a very good story to begin with. Mm. And so the fact that you've fallen in love with these people and even uh, you want to see where they go next, you want to go see where Arya goes, you want to see how Sansa's doing as Warden of the North is a good sign. That means that that you've fallen in love with these people and you want to see them forever. I haven't heard that (laughs) point of view yet, and yet I really like it. It's really good. Because they do
0: have good... Uh, the arcs are done. This mm-hmm. is the completion of the story. But I want to know, like, John up there as, you know, Lord Commander slash maybe a wildling now? Yeah, oh, You totally. know, we'll talk about that. We'll discuss that. But mm. you want to see these tales. I would love to see... Uh, I would really like to see graphic novels spawn out of this. Yeah. We already have some. But I want to see, like, the tales of, of John and Ghost. You know, like, oh, man. They
1: closed a lot of... Or pretty much all, for the most part, loose ends, which was great and successful could have been done a little bit differently but it was still successful yeah. but they still left you with great characters who are going off to continue their journey and like yeah. you're saying you kind of wish you could see what they're going to do next Like,
0: and they're generally all fitting to what the character wants yeah Because that's one thing, it may not be what we want, it's what the character wants, which I think is important. Yeah. Except for one, she did not get what she wants. Yes. (laughs) Okay, so let's go ahead and dig into the episode before we start getting into too many spoilers. Yeah. Yeah, this is, we're recording this on Tuesday, so if you haven't seen the episode, get in on this. Why are you not watching this show? Oh, I do want to give a shout out to your friend, whose only experience of Game of Thrones (laughs) is listening to our podcast. Seriously.
1: Jake Johnson, aka Jake from State Farm, uh, has been watching or listening, not watching, listening pretty much religiously, but doesn't know anything Game of Thrones except for our show. So uh, I hope you stop listening now. Don't get all the spoilers. Start from season one. Enjoy the hell out of all of Game of Thrones, and then listen in again.
0: Yeah, Jake, uh, like, look, I have a great speaking voice. I'm not denying that. But you got to watch these actors and everything like that. The story, George R. R. Martin wrote the story. Mm. We are definitely not the best place to experience the story. So check out Game of Thrones. But thank you very much for listening, Jake. Mm-hmm. If you got any suggestions for other shows you want us to review, let us know. Let Bam. Jonathan know. Bug work. Heck yes. Okay, so let's get into it. Uh, first off, we have the intro, uh, a little bit changed. I really like the changes
2: to it. We had the uh, we saw some changes to King's Landing. what did you think of that, Joshua? So I like the fact of like the behind the throne there used to be a lion and now it's completely empty yeah and below there used to be a the used to have a shot of the dragon from the scorpion and now that's done yeah. because they've all been burned up in the last episode so I thought that was really cool like normally they just do it season by season I think it's so, like for example there was like a few where there was bravos mentioned there's like no yeah. bravos in the episode so I love the like this is like their finale so of course they've got to put all the attention to all the little details in this one
0: yeah
2: I do like yeah normally if it mm. if the episode's gonna have
0: bravos they'll use their standard bravo bravos shot but um this season every episode has actually been changing depending on what's happened in that exact episode so this one we saw you know king's landing in ruins because daenerys went daenerys on everything and just wrecked the place mm-hmm. so she's mad queen daenerys and we'll always love her oh god okay so we see Tyrion, john davos and Arya walking through the city and uh, they find Grey Worm who's executing lannister soldiers Tensions begin to rise. Now, I have a question for you guys. We'll start with Jonathan on this one. Oh, yeah, was Grey Worm in the right to start executing these Lannister soldiers?
1: No, I, I, as so, it depends on who whose authority he's doing it under. Of course, he's doing it under Daenerys. So right. for for him, he he's in the right because yeah. she's in the mindset of kill all Lannisters, no matter what their, you know uh, what do you call it whether or not they're still hostile
0: or not. He but. feels like they're free men. They made the choice to follow the Lannisters. So. Yeah,
1: but these are free men who've been captured, and now they are your prisoners. Right. So prisoners of war, you you know keep them until you can negotiate their surrender, their, their whatever. Yeah. But there's... There's not really room for that in this world. There, that's and now. my argument on that. Is yeah.
0: because especially when you think of the Unsullied and they're coming from Essos, where things are a little bit more dire. Yeah, the value of human life is definitely different than it is in Westeros. Mm-hmm. I think that we're gonna we see that, and and so when he's executing people that are just a threat. Yeah, everything they've seen so far is if you leave people alive, like the Sons of Harpies, doesn't like if you leave these people alive. If you show them any compassion, they'll be a thorn in your side forever. You have to get rid of them. Yeah, and so. it's. It's sad,
1: but it it's kind of, to me, it's just a little, now looking back, it's a little bit of foreshadowing to that we can't have a happy solution with Daenerys now. We can't yeah. have her retiring as a queen to another island or, you know, <laughs> she can live side by side with John. No, she's a threat. Just like those Lannisters are, and she has to be put out completely. Are you an English major? It's it's like reverse forward foreshadowing. I don't know how you said that. Uh, You messed it up at the end, but you were sounding pretty smart. Wasn't it? Okay, (laughs) cool, cool, cool. What did you
2: think? Did you think that was a good idea, Joshua? Well, it's hard for it's hard to say because like he's been a slave all his life, so like until like a few years ago, like he had no choice. He basically had no free will. And so I think he's still figuring that out. He much he has a much harsher sense of justice, because he's lived in a life where he's basically like all the morality was basically kicked out of him as a a child. So
0: do you think there may be even a little bit of jealousy in the fact that these men were free and that they chose the wrong side, because he didn't have freedom for a long Mm -hmm. time? So he even now that he is technically a free man, he still owes so much to Daenerys. That seeing these men who, who've chosen someone who... I mean, the stories have been through her ranks, of course, of how terrible uh, Cersei is. Yeah. Seeing
2: these men who have been free this whole time to make that choice, could there be a little bit of anger in that? I don't think it's anger necessarily that they chose the wrong side. I think it's anger because he kind of sees in them the masters. Because these are knights. Okay. So they have yeah. money, they have servants... They've been ordering other people around their whole lives. Yeah, They know nothing about the experience of slavery or poverty. And so I, there's definitely, I see that class element there. Okay. The fact that he kind of sees them as part of the oppressors. And so, of course, when you're breaking the wheel, you've got he sees that you have to basically kill all the masters. Yeah, you yeah. have to shatter the spokes too. And
1: <laughs> honestly, I think he's just in bloodlust right now. My Sunday's be... dead. He has absolutely no purpose in life except for to not just kill, but kill everybody, the Daenerys wants him to kill or will yeah, allow he, him to he, kill he's,
0: I think he's reverted back to his unsullied less humanity roots yeah. we see at the end though there is a glimmer of hope for him Yeah. so I really do like that yeah. alright next up we see Tyrion he starts looking for his siblings mm. and uh, through this moment though, what I really like is we kind of get a tour of the Red Keep again mm-hmm. and especially through Tyrion's eyes back in season 2 and 3 and stuff like that when Tyrion was handed the king and when he was recuperating there from after the battle um, we had a lot of these familiar shots that we've had before where this is the table he sat and he talked to Cersei uh, this is, you know, the, the great map room, which I like, by the way, there's a crack in the map room mm-hmm. that is right behind, right between the north and the rest of the, the kingdoms, which is foreshadowing into the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also saw that in the intro, too. So it's in there, both shots. But anyways, and then we finally see Tyrion make his way down to, to the um, crypts, mm-hmm. not the crypts, anyways, the, so the escape um, tunnels. What's that Not called? so escape tunnels, I mean.
1: Yeah, we talked about it last episode. I don't know. There's a w- that's catacombs, called. that's the word. Catacombs, I mean, yeah. there you go.
0: And he sees Jamie's golden hand, which yeah. is the telltale sign. Jamie, no mo. Buried in rubble. Yeah. And he digs them out and he sees them. But they're both in their arms. I, I do like that. Yeah. They did die in their arms. You know, like that's something we saw. It's nice
1: that he was able to see that, too. I think that was a little bit of closure for him. It they was a died little bit closure. He cried. I think he cried
0: literally over both of them. Yeah. Even his sister. Yeah. Because he pleaded with her when she was on the wall, like, man, you, you got to do this. Not for just you, but for your kid. Yeah. So there's three, basically, dead Lannisters there. And it's like. He he lost it's the the emotions from from Peter Dinklage in that role. Mm-hmm. Oh man, you're just feeling it for him, you know. Randy Casimir comes into that beautiful sound.
1: I liked it. He's a great actor. It was a good scene, but I'm disappointed I didn't see a tear. He what was trying. He was trying to muster up a cry, but I didn't see quite see any tears.
0: I thought he cried.
1: Mm, he emoted crying. He acted crying. You know what?
0: Good enough. Mm-hmm. Nice job, Peter Dinklage.
1: Yeah. Just to bring in a dropper.
2: What'd you think? Did you have
0: any emotions for that, seeing Jamie and Cersei there in the rubble? Yes, but I, I, I
2: think there's a sense of regret there. Because okay. if he hadn't mm-hmm. let Jamie go free, Jamie would still be alive. Oh, that's a good Ooh, point. You good think point, he's feeling yeah. guilt? A little bit, yes, because wow. like a lot of this is kind of like his fault because he's help, he's helping the woman that basically killed
0: them. I and I think there's also some regret there because his job this whole time mm-hmm. has been to quail Cersei. <clears throat> Sorry, not Cersei, Daenerys. And uh, yeah. he hasn't been able to do it. And Varys has been warning him. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot. there's been a few mentions of Varys throughout this episode, which I think is constantly haunting Tyrion. Yeah. And I think that, that is also guilt there, is the fact I just could not bring her back. I couldn't save Daenerys, and let alone my brother and sister. Hmm. So I think there's a little bit of that, too. Uh, ah. We see Jon approach the Red uh, Keep. He's walking amongst her soldiers. I love scene of the scene of how they're divided up. We have mm. the Unsullied in front, the Dothraki in back, everybody's hyped, well... The Throckier hype. The Unsullied are standing nice and neat. You know they're yeah. doing their thing, and then we see John or uh, Daenerys fly into the Red Keep on Drogon. And yeah. what yeah. might be the best shot of this entire series
3: yeah.
0: is Daenerys walking Dude. out oh, into the archway of the red of the rubbled Red Keep. The wings flail mm-hmm. on Drogon, showing up right behind Daenerys. Yeah, I'm Isn't... trying so hard to make this a wallpaper, but I can't find a high enough res picture of it. <laughs> yeah. And it was just, and then Drogon takes flight and it was just wonderful. What is the meaning behind that?
1: It's just the, the dragon queen is what it is. It's, it's, it's her, you know, she, it shows I got one term I'm excited to say. uh, Say it,
2: say it. No, no, no. What did you think it means? It's kind of like her presence. So she is, she's kind of like almost fused in that dragon personality. So Mm -hmm. in a way, like she has like, in the beginning, she had like this human, like merciful side. Mm -hmm. And she got to try and call herself like a mother. Mm. But yep. now she's like completely gone into that dragon side, that fierce, mm. destructive side of a personality. Yeah.
0: What did Viserys series always say? Don't wake the dragon. Mm. Yeah. The dragon is woken. Mm. This is full Targaryen. This is what the series warned about. Like, don't wake mm. the dragon in me. The dragon is woken. This is what we see when the dragon wakes up in the I Targaryen. I forgot about that, actually. Yeah. He threatened that all the up.
1: time. Don't wake the dragon in me. Yeah. Mm. That is pretty cool. And
0: now we finally see a dragon is woken, and that's the image of it right there. I need uh, that wallpaper. I can't find a high enough definition of picture uh, of it.
1: Oh, man. Yeah, that is an amazing scene, though.
0: Yeah. The cinematography of this episode, like I, I said, I think both times I was watching it, both of you guys, I think it was above par. Mm-hmm. There's another scene later on. We don't really talk about it too much, but Jon's walking through, and we see Drogon wake up in the snow. Yeah. It was just... I don't. There was no real reason for it. It was just awesome.
1: I gotta say, there's few movies that I can compare the cinematography quality of, of yeah. shots compared to the at least the series or the season of Game of Thrones. It's just amazing.
0: A lot of the shots did remind me of Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Yeah. So I am getting the big itch to watch all those again. <laughs> um, Download them <with> yeah.
1: <laughs> I I really liked in that scene too, just before Daenerys lands. Uh, when John's walking through all the soldiers, you see um, Arya is kind of stalking him too, like yeah. uh, keeping pace with him, just trying to see where is he going, how is he going to approach her. If he lunges at her, if he jumps on her, if he tries to make a fucking side maneuver or whatever he does, I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be ready to jump in and defend my brother yeah. and take this woman down as soon as we have a chance. So that was kind of, I, I feel like she was just. The Panther behind him, ready to jump in as soon as he makes that attack, House hoping panther right there, right yeah. <laughs> or yeah, Wolf, hoping that he he makes that attack. But she wasn't quite sure what move he was going to do. I guess yeah,
0: it was a wonderful scene they're setting up. Mm-hmm. We also see at the same time Tyrion starting to walk up from behind. Yeah. We have Danny there; she's addressing her troops. Yep. We have Jon and Tyrion standing behind her, both full regrets on their face, mm-hmm. and Danny's telling her troops, you know, in both. Me and, and Joshua were talking about this. In Dothraki, to one Valerian, and the other, right? So yes. the were
1: She was speaking both languages.
0: Yes, I had. I was sitting there, like, but she has because it's hard for me to tell sometimes. <laughs> oh, but definitely. she does have the harsh language when she's talking to the Dothraki. Yeah, which is very you know that's Dothraki. It's that like Klingon that, almost language, yeah. and then she she was changing it to that very sing songy high Valerian, which mm-hmm. is much like Elvish and Lord of the Rings okay. type language. To the uh, unsullied. That's so cool, and
1: it, I mean, just the translation. It was such a powerful speech she was giving. It's just, it's, it was an awesome scene all around.
2: What did you think of that speech? Um, I liked it. It kind of like highlights why. She needs to be she. She needs to be taken out because like she's she's spreading the revolution everywhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. you almost um, want to follow her, <laughs> right? And I, I I do love the way they shot it because like her, like one speaker on top of a stage, surrounded by a homogenous mass of soldiers, yeah, mm-hmm. is like so ingrained in our culture with like dictator exactly. yeah. or like fascist Im- imagery. We're yeah.
1: drawn back to World War Two,
0: mm-hmm. or the Empire and Star oh. Wars, same <laughs> thing. Mind blown. (laughs) (laughs) My wake the dragon thing was the mind blowing part for this segment. (laughs) Yes. Sorry. Make it look good. You're all right. Okay. So um, yeah, we have basically a speech from Danny saying that she wants to take over the world now. And the whole premise of it is that she's going to free everybody, but it'll be under her rule, you know? And then we had Tyrion who finally has woken up. He's, he's, he's shaking it from his eyes. He goes up to her and he takes off his hand to the king, queen pin and throws it down the steps and right away you're like dude you're dead but props you're going out like a boss
1: before he threw it though did you not think he like there's a slight chance he might just try to stab her in the heart it's not i mean it might not kill her but it's his only chance to possibly get her while he's there
0: yeah i mean that would that would have been cool yeah i just think that yeah it would have been ill timing yeah i i just that throwing it down i think showed I think at that moment he's thinking about himself. Like, I need a safe face. He knows that it's not gonna land on her. Yeah, she's right now. She's she's not the same. She's kind of not the same person anymore. No, it's landing on her and it's ricocheting to John because when he walks back out after he's been captured by the Unsullied, mm-hmm. he makes sure to give John a look. Yeah. like, look what I just did. What are you gonna do? Yeah,
1: we need you. The <laughs> yeah. rebellion needs you now. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. So uh, let's go ahead and fast forward a little bit here. Then we get to the moment where uh, John's, you know. Oh, oh, real quick, before we go too far. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Panther Arya, She All just, like, shows up next to him up on the, up on the top <laughs> there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. you need to kill her. Wait, where did you go from <laughs> Yeah. Nobody uh, nobody in Westeros understands how awesome Arya is. Right. She's a straight-up faceless guy. She, she hasn't changed faces since the phrase. She needs her own series. At, like well, Pirate Arya
1: bef- bef- Well, yeah. It could be before, though. But, yeah, even after. Uh, I would totally support a series. Netflix or HBO... No, or yeah. Netflix. HBO trust
0: me they want Game of Thrones stuff.
1: Give her any number she asks for. I don't yeah. care. 10 million, 132 million, 6.3 billion, whatever she says, just pick the number. Billions rough. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make it work. We'll just you know, Photoshop the bee. Yeah. But uh, whatever,
0: yeah, make it happen. I can like she's going to a bank and it's clearly a Photoshop bee. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. It's like with crayons. <laughs> Trust me on this one. All right, so let's get to... Uh, uh, Tyrion is in prison now and Jon visits him, gets some advice. What did you think about this conversation between these two men that have fallen in love with Danny? From one way or another, and, and now are,
2: are stuck with the situation. What do you think of that conversation? One of my favorite scenes in the whole series. Okay, good. Because good. it touches on every theme this, this series is about. talks about destiny, talks about family, repeats that that verse, uh, love, love is, is the death of honor. Yeah. And so like, it touches on all the themes that the series is about. And I love, like, right before like, Tyrion goes to prison, like he, she says, like, you committed treason, you freed your brother. And that's, like, Daenerys' weak point is because she's lived her whole life without a family. And so she doesn't understand why aren't you making your sisters bow to me? Why are, why would you free your brother? Why? So she has a complete blind spot there inside the, the, the power of loyalty to one's family. Hmm. And that's one thing that's,
0: that's echoed throughout all the Targaryens is the fact that it's like, we'll mess with each other, but you can't mess with us. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's a real arrested development kind of thing. Um, The Targaryens have always had, not always, but there's oftentimes Targaryens have had infighting. Even the most like honorable Targaryen that everybody knows about is Rhaegar Targaryen. He literally was trying to t- overtake his father, Mad King Ares, at the time of the whole Robert Rebellion kicking off. So, it's never not been a case. So, the idea that they she doesn't understand the loyalty to family like that makes sense. She doesn't understand that Jondra simply has to tell jo- Arya and Sansa the truth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Bran knows because he's crazy. But, yeah, so that makes sense. The uh, Love is the Death of Duty is from Maester Aemon, something we saw from season one. One of the last Targaryens we'll see. Yeah. So, that was pretty cool. Um, one thing that Tyrion says on his way out is let's see let's cut that off okay one thing that Tyrion says on the way out is you have the decision you know none of us do something along those lines do you guys remember that exactly I don't remember exactly how it was worded no okay so it it was something that's important because basically he's saying like you're the only one of us that can get close to Daenerys at this point
3: yeah
0: Tyrion gave you the message he threw down the badge saying you have to do this this is the new honor Mm -hmm. and we saw a little bit of Ned Stark still in Freaking John. It's amazing how from season one to now, Ned Stark's perception has changed so much. In season one, we were heartbroken. We could not believe Ned Stark died. He was such an honorable, noble man. We realize
1: honor and nobility is ignorance and stupidity. Yeah.
0: Right? In season eight, we're looking back at at Ned and we're like, what a foolish idiot. You (laughs) got yourself killed. Right? You
1: had the power at that time. You could have beheaded or just attacked whoever you needed to. Or taken the damn iron throne. Yeah. You (laughs) had the, the authority and power to do it. You had the people backing you, but you were too honorable to do what you needed to do at the time. And it's,
0: it's amazing. Every time you see one of his kids take uh, on that role, mm-hmm. you're like, no, don't do that. Don't be mm-hmm. foolish. Right. Look at Littlefinger. <laughs> <You know? Right>. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one you should be modeling after. <laughs> you know? Gosh, that's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> so we see Danny. She's in the throne room. And this is something we had seen in the, in the House of the Undying. And uh, she's, she's walking up. It's been destroyed. There's snowfall. It's not quite as as much as you know they had changed it a little bit from the original house of the undying vi- vi- uh, vision yeah they broke down some of the, more of the walls because they wanted to bring more light in mm-hmm. in production but nevertheless same thing she gets up to the, to the throne and she actually touches it now uh emily clark the actress that plays daenerys targaryen says that's actually the last shot she ever filmed for the show so think of how emotional that is they yeah. they, they do things that order yeah, yeah, yeah. But think how emotional that touches then because mm-hmm. that's literally the last time she is a game of thrones member yeah, that's oh, hard. It's tough. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's such a powerful character too. You're you are the story at I mean, more or less. Of Game Ice of and fire.
0: You're one of those two. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah,
1: and that's the last chance. That's 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 your final. That's your retiring touch right there. Retiring so yeah, up. if
0: you think of what's going through her mind when she touches oh. that, she touches it. They get a few shot a few seconds. Cut. All right. Thank you very much, Emily Clark. Here's some donuts here for your going away party.
1: That's her goodbye right there. Yeah. So it really kinda <laughs> I like when set. you know
0: about when their goodbye is.
1: Yeah.
0: It shows the emotion in that moment. So yeah. that was her goodbye. God. Yeah. And then um so that's something we saw in the in the in the prophecy.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: In the prophecy, right before she touches it, she turns to see she goes through like her version of the wall. So in the
1: prophecy she doesn't touch it though, right?
0: Yeah. Which kind of was like I wish she hadn't touched it. I wish she had turned up for him. would have been a very small change and would have meant mm-hmm. a lot more for the prophecy. Yeah. But I think at this point, the show's less dependent on that kind of thing. True. You
1: know? In the show, they don't actually mention or or, or clearly mention the prophecy. Oh, no. They actually showed it. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. They had to
0: reshoot basically what was in the prophecy. Her walking through the throne room was in the prophecy. We've actually seen that before. But they changed the set because they needed to get more lighting in there. I see. I see. Yeah. Hmm. So anyways, then John is there, and they start to have their heart-to-heart. What did you guys think of that discussion between
2: John and Daenerys,
3: Hmm.
0: Joshua?
2: Well, it's kind of like, I think it kind of goes back to that family thing. I think what clinched it for him was the fact that his he would have to betray his family to love her, and so like with with that, we're talking about that final scene with those two, right? Well, just their
0: discussion, because one thing I really noticed about that scene is they made sure to bring old Daenerys back in,
3: mm-hmm.
0: right before mm-hmm. we get to see the end of Daenerys. They bring in old Danny to kind of like. Hey, everything's going to be good. We're going to be okay, you know? And it's almost in a lighthearted attitude. Yeah. She's talking about doing things that are evil. Like, she well, was not excited. necessarily evil. She thinks it's good. She, she really thinks she's going to break the wheel. So she's going to take over and get rid of slavers and all these terrible people by burning down this infrastructure that was put in place.
3: Yeah.
0: And so it's almost like she's happy about the situation, but we're watching the destruction around her. And John is telling her, like, are you know what you know what Grey Worm's doing right now? Do you know yeah. what happened to the city around you? And when she tries to talk to
1: him, she's all excited and happy and lighthearted, yeah. like you're saying. And the first words that come out of his mouth aren't like, Oh, I'm so glad you're okay, yeah. or we just went through Post-battle. this chaos. Yeah. It's do you know what Grey Worm's doing? I just saw him beheading or or slaughtering, you know, soldiers who are prisoners of war. Yeah. And she he just cuts to the chase goes straight to the dark and hard like hey we need to talk about this this stuff's going on let's try to stop it right now and she's in this peaceful kind of happy excited future looking you know moment and it's they're just totally on different pages
0: so why why do you think they did the dialogue like that that they showed her a bubbly happy like this
1: i I think it kind of wanted us to reconnect with who she was but a little bit yeah i think a little bit of that we're still on who she is now
0: I think that's the key. I think she's always, I think the reason they did this is to show she's always had this in her mind. Yeah. That this was the destiny. This was what her plan was. She's not, oh, I'm bubbling up because I'm switching back off and on. Yeah. It's like, oh, everything's going as planned. Now we're going to go ahead and take over the rest of the world. And we're just viewing it differently now. We're like, it's not slave masters. It's not, it. no, it's kings and queens or lords and ladies of Westeros now. Yeah. And it's like, ooh, wait, 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 wait. What's going
1: on? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I feel like we were trying to kill Hulk. And we waited till he switched to Bruce Banner and forgot that he was Hulk. And then we were able to stab him in the heart. Like, we waited until she... the fire. I'm a little
0: confused by that. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> no, I mean, like, we,
1: we waited till the fire was out. And she yeah. wasn't this furious dragon anymore. But she was the innocent girl that we fell in love with. Yeah. And only then did we decide to go ahead and kill her. Only when the Hulk side was gone and she was the innocent living person that... You know, she died. I, 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 I would saying. rather see her die when she has that fire in her eyes and she's mounting Drogon see, and I, John I, I, has yeah. to pull her off of the dragon and stab her in the heart kind of thing. I want her to die in in battle, not
0: die as an innocent girl. So let's, yeah, anymore. let's go ahead and get into the next part real quick then we'll kind of backtrack a little bit. So, Sorry. Yeah, then, no, 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 forward. I know. Well, <laughs> this is an emotional part. We, You know, this is eight years, well, decade really in the making because of production and everything like that. So, yeah. uh, and freaking, anyways, season eight, seven to eight. But anyways, uh john and uh john and daenerys finally they kiss and it's this real kind of romantic almost like Mm. you're my only queen he says and then we hear and and you Mm. knew it was gonna happen Mm. we hear the blade slide in and john has killed daenerys Mm. she lays back and he's holding her much like he did with egret blood Mm. comes out of her nose and eye her mouth and she slowly slips away Mm -hmm. okay so we know this is the end of daenerys our queen our khaleesi Joshua, what did you think of those final moments? What did you think of Daenerys'
2: personality and Jon's words in that moment? I actually thought it was the other way. I thought she was going to stab him because she kind of sees him as a threat to the throne, like Arya was saying. Yeah, I think that might have been more realistic. Really, and so I, I, I kind of foresaw that coming. It's so like when, when she stabbed him. When she stabbed him, I think I said, "Oh well, that that's where it is." You did. <laughs> I was next to <laughs> yeah. and it turns out it was the other way around. So like that kind of fooled mm. me, but I could kind of tell like. She was in love with him, Mm -hmm. but he was clearly not reciprocating. Yeah. At
1: that moment. But we'd seen in that last kiss, or the kiss before this one, I guess, that neither of them are really in love anymore. And when she stepped back and said, what was it she said? uh, Then fear it is or something like that. Yeah, then fear it'll be or something like
0: that. But you got to remember that moment, she initiated the attempt of having that last piece of love and he denied her. So when he's open to kissing her this moment, Mm -hmm. it's rekindling those feelings again for her.
3: That's he true. Is a
0: plot for
1: him. And right now she's in that kind of naive, like we're gonna have a beautiful future kind of mindset. Yeah. That fires out. She's no longer the dragon, she's back to being the queen.
0: One thing it kind of reminds me of, I'm just gonna say,
3: mm-hmm.
0: last episode we talked about Nisa Nisa and the prophecy of uh Azor Ahai. Yeah. But he she did didn't... walk slowly sadly and then stabbed her. Not no in the flaming heart. swords. But. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't they get... said heart later on, I'm just gonna throw that out there too. Huh? They did say heart later on in the episode. Because I, cause I was like, oh, that's right, sweet. She got <laughs> stabbed in the stomach, though. I know, but they said heart in the show. Like, uh, dialogue-wise, they said heart. Emotionally, I got you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> she was stabbed in the heart emotionally. Broken heart, you bastard. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, but he didn't stab uh, Drogon at all. No, I know, I know, There's I know. No dragon it, it,
0: my, my excitement's very thin. Don't uh, get me wrong.
1: Lion, <laughs> lion stabbing, no. Yeah, so, okay, so we get that moment.
0: <laughs> then we hear, oh, boy. It was really kind of a sit-at-the-edge-of-your-seat moment. We hear Drogon yelling in the background, oh, roaring. Yeah. Oh. He feels his mama's gone mm-hmm. and is... Just mourning and furious—a combination of the of the two. Mm-hmm. We see him fly around and fly into the room. He's into the room. Mm-hmm. We're getting this foreboding dragon, this 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 being that's taking over the entire space of the room now, mm-hmm. approaching John. And but then he he's he's at at Daenerys, and it's amazing how big this dragon is and how much a little puppy dog he becomes. Yeah, he's kind of like shoving Daenerys, like, like wake up, wake up, mama, mama? kind of thing. Mama reminds me of Simba and Mufasa. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh God a little bit. Uh, well, you know, boy, that <laughs> moment in theaters—that was tough. <laughs> yeah. And then to see that again, it was that was that that moment. And then he he just out of pure rage, or we'll have to figure out why mm-hmm. he and we think he's gonna burn up John, which I'm kind of like okay, then John will stand the fire. But there's, that whole thing's nonsense, anyways. He destroys the Iron Throne, totally melts it down. Melts it down. It's a flat piece of iron now, forged
1: of dragon flames. It Fine. was
0: forged yeah. of dragon flames. That was gonna was gonna take it apart. Yeah. He melts it down. Then do you, he picks up Danny. Well. Let me finish up the scene real quick. He picks up Danny, and then we hear he flies off to the east. And Mm -hmm. Drogon is gone with Daenerys. That is the end of Daenerys Mm -hmm. and Drogon. Doesn't kill Jon,
1: just picks her up and flies away.
0: No, he's in full mourning. Okay, so let's break down this a little bit. Why did he burn the Iron Throne? Do
1: you think he did that uh, with intellect
0: because we haven't really seen quite yeah i'm kind of thinking that might be the case
1: we haven't seen the dragons i mean i understand in the books is very different but we haven't seen in the show that they're smart intelligent creatures that could almost communicate or anything like that but that seems like a smart scene a smart um reaction that he just saw his mom died because of her pursuit for this throne and he's like this damn bastard is throne that everybody's fighting over why is this so my people created it the dragons yeah. of uh, you know serving under these Targaryens, like my mother had to die because people were fighting over this throne. I'm gonna burn it to, to rubble and then take her and fly away and go to the In the deepest Lord.
0: parts of Esos there are hints of how smart the dragons are. Yeah. There is even said to be a dragon language. Hmm. So there are very distant mythical mythological hints. Yeah. That say that they could be smart enough to have that kind of thought. Yeah. I but, think you're overthinking it. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah.
2: Because like he, he it. it takes him two tries. So at first he like burns everything around it and then he burns it. Yeah. And so I don't think he understands necessarily that the throne has anything to do with his mom's death. It's more like he's angry and the only thing he can destroy is the Iron Throne so, because he can't destroy John because he's a Valyrian. Yeah, he's tar- mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. So he can't he can't That's like, what saves he vent, yeah. <laughs> he can't vent the rage there, so he vents it to the nearest object which And he almost to he's looking at
0: John just like I want to, but I can't and he like turns but, and then just blows off to one side of the uh, corner.
1: But why does he not? Because he's a Valyrian. Because he's is he a Targaryen. Why would he not still burn because, him? my can't because he kill Because between
0: him? Targaryens and well Valyrians and their dragons and dragons, there's a kinship. It's almost like warging in a way, but it's like a soft version of it. There's uh, a there's a bond between them. That's the reason that that in the first place, Tar- uh, uh, John could even approach them. Hmm. So so there is there is some merit to that. There's a meme online that's kind of funny. That <laughs> They yeah. say like, oh, there's a pointy thing in Daenerys. That thing's made of pointy things. Let me burn that pointy thing. <laughs> that meme's kind of going around and it's kind nice. of like, ah, I kind that's of see funny. it. But, you know, I I, I think it, mm. I think what it is, is it's a it's a symbolism for us because I think, you know, George R. R. Martin takes a lot of works from Tolkien. He takes a lot of influences from Tolkien. I think the Iron Throne is really the one ring, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And we've seen it melt in Mount Doom. I think yeah. that's what we're getting here. Yeah. This is the destruction of the one thing that's creating so much corruption and destruction in the world. Uh, be gone with uh, it.
1: Was that the actual breaking of the wheel right there? No, not really. That happened later. Well, I mean,
0: phys- it, it kind of is, really. But uh, it kind of is. That thing right there, if if Brain or whoever
2: can sit on top of that thing, <laughs> then yeah. it's going to mess things up. Yeah. So I think, I think it could be in a way. It represents the destruction of the old order, which is based on violence and intimidation. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, it's a chair full yeah. of swords, so... Makes sense. Uh, real quick, I just want to throw uh, one thing we had mentioned already. But Danny says, uh, those other people don't decide. You know what I'm saying? So she had also said the same exact line that Tyrion had said mm-hmm. early in the jail cell about you're the one that decides. I think that might have also kind of woken something up. And John, like, okay, it's time to do some stabby stabbing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she was
1: talking about how great our empire is going to be and blah, blah, blah. And, he, and was it John that said, well, what, a, what about what the people want yeah. or whatever and yeah she's like well those people don't get to decide yeah like, Which, oh so you're not a slaver but you're gonna force the innocent to do what that, you want that but Tyrion
0: literally said you're the one that gets to decide to John, as he was leaving yeah and so when she says nobody else gets to decide it's reaffirming the fact that John, this is up to you what do you want to do with the future and that it's
1: I mean she's not necessarily breaking the wheel because she wants only the voice of the highborn to be heard and her voice I as think, queen yeah and that it's She's saying their vo- their voices don't matter. And John's like, well, they kind of do. They're the people that we're here to protect and serve and live with. Yeah. So I think their new order that they developed I think in her
0: mind, she thinks she's still doing that. I think she still thinks she's protecting the lowest people. Yeah. And she thinks that Forcedly. using... The, the way Cersei used use the, loyal, the lowest people to kind of protect herself with a shield around herself mm. was the reason they had to be destroyed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't think in general she just wants to kill peasants. I think that that was the situation. But I mean, that that.
1: Ruling as a leader who only hears the voices of of kings and queens, and not necessarily of the peasants, you know. I mean, they don't. Yeah, that's one a thing. I don't think she but... necessarily
0: wants to have any anybody else elevated. Yeah. I think she wants them to be peasants than her. Yeah. She wants no middle class. Yeah. I think that's what it ends up boiling down to. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so let's go ahead and keep moving along with the story. Mm-hmm. So I know it's gonna be a long one, but I don't want to be here all night. So <laughs> uh we get a little bit of a time jump, and we're at the Great Council. This new Great Council that's been formed. Uh, it's in the Dragon Pits, and it, and it basically has representatives of the zone, of the uh, Westeros. How, we have,
1: how long of a time dump do you think that was? I, I noticed... I'd love not for
0: some good-sized beards to come in.
1: Yeah, because I noticed we see Tyrion is, is sunken in the face, looks deprived, Star, We
0: see Jon later on with the same situation where he's kind yeah. of got this, like, He says nose. the past few weeks. Okay. Really? Only a yeah. few weeks. Hmm. A lot of testosterone around there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right so uh, Sansa's representing the North Gendry, the Stormlands. Uh, Edmir is uh, the Riverlands, Edmure Tully. Tully, uh, uh yara's got the uh iron islands robin of the Vale is there for the veil and we have some sort of prince of dorn by the way quick aside how crazy does robin look as an adult now
1: was that the original actor as a kid
0: yeah oh i
1: didn't even pay attention to that
0: dude i mean like Googling pull up the picture it. they really made sure to keep up with that whole like rich boy doesn't know how peasants work you know <laughs> he's got like the full white suit and he's just like i like mama's milk that whole thing that's weird yeah well that's his mo and another quick aside, we should mention it because the internet's blowing up about it. There was a couple water bottles behind people's legs. What? Yeah, it was a real Starbucks coffee cup situation. It's probably gone already. Mm. Right behind Davos and behind Sam's legs. <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: Sam's there, too.
1: Oh, yeah. Hey, Robin looks kind of like wrote a grown-up person almost. Yeah. That's interesting.
2: And what is Brienne representing? Because she's not from a great house. No, <laughs> I know. I and gonna... and so Davos is just there to like mediate because he's he's from the house of onion. Yeah,
1: really. <laughs> hey, I love me some onion.
2: <laughs> and this is before they become elevated even
0: higher. So they literally are just base ass knights. Hmm. So it's kind of weird that they are there. But I think I think you're right. I think they're just kind of like with others. Yeah. Uh, probably Davos is an is invitee of Gendry. And Brienne of Sansa. So because they have like Arya's there too, Brian's there too. You know, they're there's as, as like That's homies true. of Sansa. But like, hey, I don't
1: know what your guys' whole system is, but we all done been through some shit. So yeah. we're gonna be a part of this conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we helped kill the Night King. Hello, Arya, right here. Yeah. So
0: Davos has always been my favorite character. I, I just I'm a big fan of him and I would love to see a spin off of him just on his adventures. A prequel. Yeah. That's basically what I want I want a prequel. Yeah. I want Robert's Rebellion, like we were talking about. God. Anyways, we'll we'll talk about that later on. Okay, I just want to make sure to mention uh, the Great Council has been used before in the past a few times whenever there has been a question of lineage. Mm -hmm. They always bring in the the Great Council, it's the lords of all the lands to basically say, okay, this is the one that makes sense to be the new king. And uh, uh, matter of fact, the last Great Council that was assembled was a tournament of Harrenhal, was actually a, a ruse to have an excuse for all the lords to meet together while Rhaegar gathered all these lords together. He wanted to find a way to overthrow his father, Mad King Ares. But there was Lyanna Stark, and he fell in love, and he messed everything up. Robert's Rebellion. Ugh. All kinds. Good of job,
2: Rhaegar. Right.
0: Anyways, so great castles have been used before in the past, and uh, we hear from. One thing we hear too is is from the north. There's about what was it ten thousand men, two thousand men. I don't remember. It's the same as however many Unsullied there are. There are also Northmen that came down with Sansa to make sure Jon Snow gets out of themselves. Mm. I like that. Yeah. They want their king. Uh, and then. By the way, how funny was this? When Sam's like, oh, why don't we have the people vote for who they wanted? Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And they just like, no, that's not going to happen. I think this was just like a fan theory. Like, I've always thought like, oh, they'll go to Senate after this. Mm -hmm. And Senate's basically the same situation. You're voting for your senator or something like that. And they were just shutting that down right away. Yeah. Do you think
2: that that system could have worked in Westeros? General? no well, they've never had anything like that they've never yeah. had a local democracy mm-hmm. so there's no way they could extrapolate that to a national system yeah and they don't have like the, have, like, the capacity to have like ballot yeah. boxes on in like the on a continent the size of South America yeah and so like it would have eventually just been like a house of lords and that's exactly what the great council is so they only yeah. just show up when they need to choose a king and then they can go back and do whatever they want I can imagine like your local polling place at this brothel <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> two for one deal but yeah, so what do you think that would have worked?
1: No, like 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 Josh was saying, it would take years of of baby steps to get to that level of because the 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 people don't don't have a voice. They know they don't have a voice. They've lived for many generations. Only now in modern time do does everybody have a voice with social media. Yeah. But I mean, back in the day, it was only like the one person that represented your area or whatever. So I think it would take a lot of time for the people to be prepared to utilize a voice or. Actually, have any kind of authority like that's that? That's one thing
0: they mentioned in the past is that the people that are out there farming or doing whatever don't give a crap who sits on that Iron Throne. Yeah, as long as, as it long doesn't as it can,
3: influence them so much. Exactly,
0: they just want to go get, live and die. That's yeah. all they care about. So that's true. Yeah, they they don't have the knowledge to make that kind of decision. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then we get Tyrion's. Well, one thing I like is Grey Worm's kind of like shutting down Tyrion. Mm-hmm. He wants retribution for Daenerys. Yeah. And so he's like, know this, know that. And then Tyrion's saying, like, look, it's not your place to make a decisions here. Mm-hmm. Jon made his crime here. It's supposed to be for the king. He made his crime on Westeros. We need a king of Westeros to make that choice. Great counsel. Decide. And he makes a good pitch for Bran. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys. Here it is. Is Bran a good king? Jonathan, you first.
1: I like Tyrion's pitch. He does a good yeah. job at explaining why Bran would be you the best You need that
0: story king. to sell to the people.
1: Yeah without Tyrion's pitch I would have said why the hell are you picking Bran there's so much more noble like battle ready leaders like John, who would totally be good kings Mm. but the fact that John is the historian he has the memories of all past and future and those what to do and how to do it to just better the people when you look at it like that like oh wow he's like Varys trying to keep the masses you know alive fighting for the living and and a better future for everybody he's not just blindly uh loyal to one house or another because he's no longer brandon stark but he's you know brandon the three-eyed raven who's seen all of history so he's yeah he's not he's not necessarily just one person anymore he's he's the keeper of history like you said so i kind of
0: that's one thing though like just from a quick aside on this it seems like if you were an outside person looking in yeah You'd be like, wow, the Starks have way too much influence at this table. Yeah. You've got, you know, Sansa, and then she brings a lot of company with her. Yeah. Sam, clearly loyal to the Starks. Yeah. You know, Bran, if she has any say. Davos, if she has any say. He has any say. You have Robin, who is related to them. Mm Mm-hmm. Yara, whose brother was basically a Stark.
1: So beheaded in season one, Ned still had a lot of influence. Let's just say, he was playing the long game. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He took them all.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, literally, he has... In, yeah, he has a queen and king in his dynasty (laughs) and a couple ex kings. Good move, lose the Mm head. Season one, (laughs) I'm gonna do that. (laughs) All right, (laughs) guess what? We're at episode nine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so yeah, that I see what you're saying. Basically, it's you know, he has no legioncy. that's where it's good at. Yeah, well, that's English. (laughs) All right, what did you think, Jocelyn?
2: Well, I kind of think the whole series is kind of like the the nerds taking over from the jocks. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, because we start off with basically the ultimate fat boy on the throne. And now we have like the ultimate nerd. Yeah, that's true. And that's true. And so like all like yeah. the, all the people, all the all the jocks basically like killed each other off, and now the nerds have taken over. Yeah. And so that kind of like makes sense because like we're hoping for like an evolution, not a revolution. So mm-hmm. we're hoping for like that Westeros has evolved past that that need for violence
3: yeah.
2: and into a more enlightened society. There's a slight
0: hint <sighs> to that because there is no master of war no master of whispers there's kind of like all the things you don't
2: mm-hmm. quite need yeah. but i'm hoping like i'm af- i'm kind of afraid because like bran is like kind of almost lost his humanity like he doesn't really have like any concerns or any cares or any emotion. Yeah. And it's so, like, I'm afraid it's almost like he's going to turn to like Dr. Manhattan from the Watchmen oh, that'd be awesome. where he's like, <laughs> yeah. he's just like a brain and he's like, he can't make a de- decision because he really doesn't care. Mm-hmm.
0: Currently reading Watchmen. So I'm down with that idea right. and
2: as terrible as it is. uh, But, but the actor did come out and say, just
0: want to throw this in there that what we're not quite seeing through the limited time we have with the show is Bran that we first saw show up to Winterfell after becoming the Bloodraven mm-hmm. has just gotten his powers and is not quite good at balancing them yet. Mm-hmm. The Bran we see become king is much more of old Bran, mm-hmm. who now knows how to tap in and tap out. Oh, okay, So that's, good. that's much more of the old Bran, oh, he's in. I wish they showed they that. They didn't convey that enough.
1: A small scene to humanize him again a little more would have been huge, would have made yeah. a big made a big difference.
0: Give us a moment back with Bran. Yeah. being Bran. Yeah. With his family yeah. and stuff. Even when he's saying goodbye to Jon, it doesn't quite feel
1: something showing how great his powers are. Like if he had just a slighted, like if he was able to warg slightly into uh Drogon just yeah. enough to save Jon in the middle of that chaos that was going on. That would have been awesome. That would have showed how great his powers are. Well, for know.
2: all we know he did. True. Maybe that's why he didn't burn down Jon and Maybe burn down be- the Iron Throne instead is because he yeah. had a little bit of help from Bran mm-hmm.
0: being calm. I wish yeah, I wish they would have said something like that. That would make Man, a lot of sense. That would have been cool. That would have been cool. <laughs> Okay, then we see that he makes Tyrion Hand of the King, which is perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> Tyrion, when he was had his happiest in season two, Hand of the King. Yeah. We mm-hmm. see how much Tyrion cares about the people mm-hmm. and, and the fact that he's right away like, hey, we need to get the water clean around here. Yeah. Like, he he's just, he's fantastic for this job.
1: And not only and what, what little bit he was missing in that and the caring of the people, which he was already a great guy, but now that experience with Varys and seeing Varys, like, die, knowing he's going to die and being sacrificed... Because what's right is to protect the people as much as I can, no matter which way. I can't turn away and just protect you know, Daenerys just because I think she's a good queen. Yeah. So I think that put Tyrion over the edge and opened his eyes a little more to like, what he needs to do as Hand of the King and a man with power. Yeah.
2: Also that experience with slavery and like kind of like sure. going from like being a rich boy to being the lowest of the low. Yeah. yeah. and kind of humbling. And he also hates the job so it's actually kind of helps sell it to Grey Worm <laughs> right. is the fact that no one wants to be the Hand of the King because it's kind of like a bureaucratic dusty job. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. Bran even pitches it like he's going to be re- he's going to be fixing all his wrongs. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Uh, one thing I do like to think about is the fact that I think Bran and Tyrion well I think Bran really knows and Tyrion kind of knows is the fact that Brand's gonna be busy doing 3 eyed raven stuff. You're basically the king. And that was something that Robert told King Robert told Ned Stark basically. It's like, man, I'm I'm busy whoring and, and you know, spending money. You gotta make me money and keep this place running. Yeah, I need somebody that's good with paperwork. Yeah. And so <laughs> and so a lot of brand picking Tyrion, and I think this is actually seen in that moment, is the fact that like I need you to actually run this kingdom. Yeah. I have the name. You're Tyrion, he was even saying, like, half the people hate me for joining Daenerys, the other half hate me for killing or have helping her be killed. Mm. And so, it's like Brand's names was kidding him in the door, but really, he's running the kingdom. Yeah. And we see with a small council later on, that's what we needed. Mm-hmm. So, that's really pretty great. Yeah. Uh, Sansa says, look, we're not going to be bending the knee up in the north. We fought and died too many times. We're our own nation. And, yeah, definitely. You guys have earned it, right?
1: So, she said they're going to remain in their own independent nation, right? Yeah. When were they? When were they? Were when were they not an independent nation? Was it just Ned bending a knee to Robert?
0: No, no, no. Before then, that when the Targaryens were ramping around, uh-huh. the the king at they the time joined. of the North said, like, this is smarter if we just bend the knee, okay, join okay. the Targaryens and save my people. I see. The Starks have always been the Northmen. Really, have always been a stubborn, independent people, but a prag- pragmatist as well. They understand the situation.
2: Yeah, so. and it makes sense geographically. They're like basically disconnected, except for like a tiny little peninsula with one castle on it yeah and like I think in the books he says like it's double the size of the rest of the kingdoms, like all the rest of the kingdoms together could fit in the north, yeah, yeah. so it kind of makes sense that they kind of control themselves. I mean, they've kind of basically been doing that already,
0: and historically, there actually are different people, yeah. one is the first men, the other one is the andals, mm-hmm. so they actually are like genetically different people, so and like, we oh. see that in how they handle the north, you know. Okay. Some of them are like, yeah, it's just another day in snow. And the other one's like, it's a bit cold up here, guys. Yeah. So, you know, it's they actually are different people. So it kind of makes sense. Um, okay, so and the punishment for John, the last thing to get gray warm off everybody's back. John's taking the black. That
1: was perfect. Because yeah. from this perspective, th- during that episode, you think, oh, man, that sucks. John's not going to be king. He's got to go north. He's going to be stuck on the wall, like, you know, season one. But no, just the last episode or two, when he was saying bye to, to uh, uh, Tormund. Tormund, we're like, man, I wish he could just go with him. You could see in his eyes, he really just wants to be free and not have to be stuck with this he Danny that he loves. A
0: little bit, yeah. yeah,
1: so that was the perfect solution for him. Maybe not for everybody, but for him, that was the beautiful like future that he wanted, just to go and be a free man and live on his own. Yeah, so, so let's
0: at cool. this point, now that we're at this point, let's go ahead and write off each of our characters, okay? Right. So we'll start with John, since we, we're at a really good moment. I kind of want to discuss this a lot. So we see John; he's walking around. Grey Worm's like, "Okay, yeah, you guys are out." Uh, he does get to the north. He gets to the wall. Uh, I had to look this up, but they did say he becomes Lord Commander, the one thousandth Lord Commander. Nice. And then we're at, and we see him with Ghost again. Boy, that was some <laughs> fan service, wasn't? it? Mm. I'd almost guarantee you that they mid season like, "Hey, we need to get get Harrington in here real quick." Quick, put the John Snow mask on or whatever. Get him petting a CGI wolf. We have fans that are riding at the gates. Right. Anyways, we see him with with Ghost, who looks like he needs to take a bath. Reminds me of your dog Elsa because uh-huh. she's also that white haired. True. And as soon as she give her a bath, she goes finds the nearest mud pile and rolls around. In oh it. yeah.
1: Uh, uh, cat poop. Yeah. She oh, r- cat poop. She rolls radio. in cat poop. I don't know why.
0: So Ghost currently <laughs> looks like your dog. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and so he's r- r- for wear. <laughs> but anyways, they end up like walking above the North. Ideally, he's helping them kind of find their home back in the north. You know, he's he's the Lord Commander and ranging. You know, that's what rangers do. Yeah. But we do kind of get a hint. The door is closed behind him, which is normal. Mm-hmm. He looks back and he kind of gives like as close to a smile that Jon Snow gives. <laughs> I know. And it's not much. And, oh, and, and there's a little another hint of something else there too. And then he's riding off and he's kind of almost, it's not like he's in the front with Torment anymore. Note that after that, he's kind of like in the middle of the mall. Mm-hmm. I think that's where he wants to be. He's
1: blending in with the crowd. He's going to go be a man living in the north, no longer with the threat of the Night King or the...
0: Yeah, well, okay, know. that's. I'm glad you said that. So I think there's a little something there. So we saw a little piece of grass grow, uh-huh. and they made sure to really show it, which could mean without the Night King up there anymore, maybe it will not be forever winter.
1: And I think that's kind of a reverse of what we've seen all all seven or eight seasons summer's coming like yeah with the whole winter's coming you know hunker down it's going to be hard now this is all done like summer's coming stuff's
0: going to bloom season wise in westeros it's kind of wackadoo so this summer lasted like what seven years which is considered a long summer for them yeah winter means that what that normally means is the winter's going to last real long too yeah winter what lasts maybe two years of the show Mm -hmm. at the end of the the last couple seasons and then it's summer again, and it, we don't know when winter will ever come back. Mm-hmm. So really, like, I know it's like, oh, great, it's summer, but it's like, we haven't had enough winter yet, guys. You're going to run out of water real quick. Yeah. <laughs> you know how this Ooh, works. Droughts. Yeah, we're, we're looking at droughts pretty you. soon. There's no snow coming down the hills. <laughs> but nevertheless, so for the Jon character, do you think this is a satisfying end? What do you think, Jon? What's that last moment mean for Jon? Is he still Lord Commander? I think he's still sticking with duty, because he killed Daenerys almost out of duty,
1: I think I think he doesn't want to be Lord Commander and he's happy to just go be a free man. So maybe
0: Yeah. At maybe, first I thought that too. Man. Maybe
1: some people are still holding him to that name. I mean I didn't see them you're saying that, that technically he is Lord Commander now as soon as he reached the wall. Yeah, I just
0: looked it up and they're saying that online.
1: But yeah. uh, to me, like like you're saying, as soon as he rode off on a horse or, you know, was was north of the wall and the door closed behind him. He's a free man. He's no longer duty-bound by anybody. Yeah. He's well.
0: He could have still been Lord Commander and then decide, I'm going to... It has happened countless times where men of the Black t- decide to stay with the Wildlings. Matter of fact, the Night King, the original Night King, was a Lord Commander that fell in love with his white witch and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's infamously happened. I mean, we could actually be seeing the future Night King. I don't want to get into that. I think
1: he's but... just kind of taken up the offer from Egret from many years yeah, ago that, you know what, this is going to be your a peaceful you know, simple life you can live now and you don't have to, you know, your siblings are taken care of, you know, they're going to be okay. They're living are okay. Yeah. You can lay down your sword and go retire pretty much yeah. what it is for him.
2: What do you think, Joshua? I think it's kind of do what is, what Bran is doing. So like, he's just going like, to have the maester run everything. Mm-hmm. And like he, he's, because he's always a man of action. Like he always wants to be out there. And so I think he's kind of like, going to be basically turn himself into like a first ranger. Yeah. I like can theory, I like can practice that's his uncle, yeah. and just go out and like do all all the wildling things and like have like a maester, like a second in charge, be like the actual power.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, I kind of like the fact that he's like not the King because that kind of shatters our illusions. We've almost bought into the illusion, the illusion yeah. as an audience that your name entitles you to a position in society. Mm-hmm. And that's not what the wildlings believe. And that's not what John believes either. The fact that I don't want to be in, in the South being King. I want to be, a place where no one recognizes my name and that's not a no. curse on me. You're right. And I can be my own man. So that the wall or I think the wall can still be that place because as they say, they all come in like bastards, king sons, murderers, and they all become part of the watch.
0: Yeah. I think <clears throat> I think arc wise it's a wonderful and beautiful ending because we start off in season one early on. We have a young Jon Snow who just wants to make his name somewhere. He sees the Night's Watch as a place to make his name. Mm -hmm. My Uncle Benjen works there. And, you know, I got one brother who's going to be Lord of Winterfell. And I got another brother who, if that one goes, Bran's got it. So there's like little to no chance that I would become Lord of Winterfell. So he sees the Night's Watch as a place to make his name. He raises to, you know, then we see his arc happen. We see him go through uh, crazy times and he gets... Responsibility and really the lore thrust it on him where he becomes so amazing and stuff like that to everybody else. And it's stuff that he doesn't want to happen. He wants to just kind of not have this kind of responsibility. So then we see him use the Night's Watch in a different way. What it actually was intended to do, where he's a highborn person with a name, he goes to the Night's Watch, and we see him kind of just fade into the shadow or into the uh, haunted forest with the Wildlings. It's him embracing the Night's Watch to erase his name. Hmm. He wants to be forgotten now, not like season one, Jon Snow. This is Jon Snow of no name. Mm -hmm. Jon Snow of the first season, if he knew he was Aegon Targaryen, would have a far different attitude than Jon Snow now, who literally is just trying to be your race. He wants to be finished. Like, I think it's a beautiful arc for that character to go so high and then to realize that's I don't want that. I just want to be me.
1: And I wonder if that's supposed to be, I mean, I don't know, just in the writers, if that's supposed to be a little bit of a reflection on all of us that, you know, you want to be the maximum that you can be. You want to be the owner of your company you want to be the president of the United States you want to be so big and powerful and control your entire environment but sometimes like if you run your own business you might realize that it's easier just to be an employee and clock yeah. in and out and do the best job you can as an underling and and you know make your employer happy satisfy yourself and go home and be able to enjoy your time with your family and not completely control all of your environment but live yeah. in a happy medium
0: even even but if you got even thinking of their situation there if and somebody if everybody else around you said you should be the boss, yeah, and make you the boss when you're really just trying to live your days. Yeah, like earlier on, he was like that, but about it doesn't take long before he's just like, I'm just trying to do my own thing. Yeah, and people keep escalating him to where else, and he finds himself as CEO and yeah. doesn't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, and then he has to like he falls in love with one girl, but he's betraying her. Yeah. Then he falls in love with another girl, then he has to betray her to save everybody, and he doesn't want to save anybody anymore. He just wants to relax and hunt deer. Job. And and you could tell when he's with the wildlings, him and Torment are still going to be. Piling around, saving them from what bears or something like that. I can't another, wait. I want it to be a spinoff. spin-off yeah. You know, <laughs> Torment and John. Yeah. I'm seeing the sitcom music now, <laughs> but I don't know. What do
2: you think of that whole arc of of John? Do you think that's that makes sense that he just wanted to disappear? I think so. Like he's always said, like I don't want power, and like every time like people keep, keep putting power on him, like yeah. his friend Samuel like made him Lord's uh, Lord Commander essentially, yeah. like winning yeah. the election, yeah. Um, and so, like, he's always, he's always been reluctant to have power. And so, like, we kind of have a, this, like, theory that, like, those who are best in power are the ones who don't want it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he just doesn't, he'd be he, completely unhappy be. there. So, yeah. like, from an individual perspective, that's perfect.
0: Yeah. yeah. Even even when he died, he was like,
2: well, okay. Like,
0: just <laughs> leave me there. <laughs> yeah. And then he, they had mentioned it later on. It's like, oh, even you came back from it. It's like, not by my choice. Yeah. You know, Somebody he had said that <laughs> later on, so. Okay, so let's go ahead and get into Sansa. We see that, you know, as they say goodbye to Jon, yada, yada, yada. Uh, she's going to go become queen of the queen of the north. And I really like, you know, we see a moment where she's getting fitted for her, her new dress. Which, by the way, costume design, how awesome was that dress?
1: I'm hoping they make some Halloween ones because that, I mean, it's on point. Even her makeup, her jewelry, I mean, she has the same chain that she had before, which is very regal. Mm-hmm. But her makeup and everything, she just looks... So much more regal as we see her grow and as a character. So, did you I notice
0: anything it. special with that dress, John? No, I didn't. The inlay of the dress was white with red leaves, which is the weirwood oh, yeah. dress. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Which I thought was like, man, that detail. Well, and they showed a close-up of it at some point when she was getting dressed. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. the costume work on this show. I mean, <laughs> just just dump a pile of I Emmys. Mean, somebody get a dump truck full of HBO <laughs> dump truck full. Go. So yeah, uh and then she she becomes crowned. This is all that her coronation, mm-hmm. and she's going to become queen of the North. Yep. uh I think she's going to do a good job. We've seen in the past couple of seasons that she's like really paying attention to how the the, the castle runs. Like mm-hmm. the example everybody uses is they're preparing for war, and she's like, "Do you have leather inside those armors? And, oh no, we don't. You should. It's going to be cold. Mm-hmm. So
2: things like that. I think she's going to do yeah. well. What do you guys think of Sansa in the North? To me, it makes sense because she's basically been practicing her whole life ever yeah. since she was a girl. She's like, I want to be a lady, yeah. And so, what's happened is like over the course of the series, she's been like going just past like the pretty pin- princess fairy tale and yeah. has been exposed to like the actual wee- real workings of power. So, she's learned from the best, she's learned from Cersei, she's learned from Lady Olenna. she's learned from Littlefinger, and so she's learned from some of the best manipulators on the continent, yeah. And so, I think she'll do a relatively good job.
0: Yeah, and, and I think we've seen a lot of growth in her, too, because early on, she just wanted to get out of Westeros. She wanted mm-hmm. to be a summer child and everything like that. And then we see her now embracing Westeros, not Westeros, I've said Winterfell. Mm-hmm. We see her embracing Winterfell as her home and surrounding her with her people. She relates to them better. She really sees them, you know, like before she wasn't. Yeah. What do you, how do you think she's going to do?
1: Yeah, I think she's going to be amazing because, like, like Jess was saying, she's grown so much. And if she didn't leave Winterfell and she was just raised as a as a Northern girl and and that was all she knew, she would have been the same naive little girl we knew. But like yeah. you're saying, we we saw her study under Littlefinger and Cersei and you know so many other people that she's well very well rounded and knows that strategic manipulative game yeah. that everybody else is playing. So I think she's well prepared to stand her own as a Lord of yeah. the North, Warden of the North.
0: Well, yeah, Queen, Queen. She's of the North. Queen of the North, yeah.
1: Oh yeah, because I'm oh, no yeah. longer part of the Seven Kingdoms. Yeah, oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. well,
0: I even like later er, earlier on when Tyrion's like, uh, "Brand King uh, King of the Six, Six kingdoms, kingdoms," and kind of yeah. gives her look like, uh, all right, a little bit difficult. It
1: hey, rolled off the tongue so good, but <laughs> yeah. whatever. We're gonna go down. Sure, to change st- a few let's centuries. Make, <laughs> let's make another kingdom just so it's seven again. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> split up Adorn. You know. There you go. Okay, so yeah, I think Sansa's gonna do well. Then we have Arya. She is mm. new pirate. Arya going pirates out. First off, how awesome is that new ship?
1: Yeah. What's the oh. name of that
0: ship, guys? Oh, I don't know. It's got to be Nymeria, right? Mm. Why would you not name that ship Nymeria? I don't know. <laughs>
2: it's all starked out.
0: Yeah, but it's a ship.
1: Nymeria's like is, you know, landbound. I know, but I want it to
0: be named Nymeria. It looks
1: cool. I was thinking about
2: the Jack London novel calling it the Seawolf. Mm. Oh, yeah.
0: There you go. That's cool. I like it. I like that idea. All right, so she's in. She's oh. going to go and see what's west of Westeros. It's something that she claimed back in season six. It'd be really cool if she named it the Hound, though. The Hound. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, nice job. Respectfully, you know. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, so, uh yeah, we're going to just see her explore and just see what's out there. Yeah. Uh This has been done in the past before in
2: lore, so we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But, Joshua, I know you're itching, man. What would you think of this? I didn't like it. It felt like a really sudden turn for her. I mean, she's only been on a ship twice in her life. Yeah. And so this feels like all of a sudden she wants to be Columbus. I could yeah, she's devoted her, part, yeah. she's devoted her entire life to like killing people and now like all of a sudden she's just like out of the blue, I wanna become an explorer. So it yeah. feels like a real sudden twist. And I I know I said that maybe she should like I don't know why she's the one doing this. I mean the Iron Islanders would be perfect for this because Yeah, maybe she saw Yara and was like, I like that look. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nice yeah. dress. So yeah, yeah. Yara would be like the perfect person for that yeah. because she's like an Iron Islander and she's someone that's probably been like in a storm and like out somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so Arya should have asked for, asked Yara for help, but no, mm-hmm. she's, she's got the wolf sail, So it's like an all Northern thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I liked it just because it fits, it fits so many women in history
0: of Westeros that we have, you know, Nymeria is one of them who was, you know, a, an invader an invader and stuff like that. We actually have, I made sure to write it down, Elisa uh, Westhill, who was famous for doing this. She was actually a friend of the Targaryen's, and she wanted. She ended up stealing three dragon eggs, possibly the dragon eggs that Daenerys got she, later on. Just that's saying. Cool, I like it. She sold them to ended up to build this new ship called the Sun Chaser, coolest name ever for a ship. Hmm. And she sailed west of Westeros. And uh, some of her crew survived, but she's kind of never heard of it before again, except for like myths of like, oh, we saw her in this place, and this was all on the eastern side of Essos, hmm. saying that basically she had sailed around the world. Hmm. So if it, it, Follows Arya. I mean, like Lyanna Stark. And so every time we hear about Arya and her attitude, there's always been somebody in history who is a Yar an Ara Arya beforehand. Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel like this just follows that track of just like nobody's gonna hold me down. I'm gonna go out there and see what the hell there is to see. Yeah, you know. So I kind of like that part of it.
1: I like it because the character that she's grown to be, we know her as like an assassin. She's she's not afraid to you know slit a throat and take the actions that need to be taken. But that's really Well played in war, but we're now in a time of peace, so she has to find out who she is again, and I don't think she's ready to take us on that journey. She's just going to go figure out who she is on her own. However, like Josh was saying, I don't think she's, as as just a generic audience member, we could just say, that's great, she's going to go have an adventure. If she's going to have an adventure on land is one thing, but... In Reality going out on the sea is a totally different thing. You really have to be prepared, you have to be a person who knows yeah. how to travel the sea. I, I,
0: yeah, I think it's less about going on the seas, except for, I think it's more about for her, she thinks she's going to find land, yeah, and then explore that land and then yeah. be a sw- You know, she's going to be a swashbuckler and, and she's not necessarily going to be on the sea too long, yeah. Know, she doesn't know how long the <laughs> west <laughs> to no yeah, but yeah, so
1: I, but I think it was a a perfect way to write out her character to just continue. Like she has all these adventures ahead. We don't know of, and she's going to yeah. journey the world and see where it takes her and not necessarily tie herself down to any, any firm plans or commitment. Yeah.
0: It's pretty cool. All right. I'm going to say a joke. That's only going to land with a few people. Okay. like it. I'm excited. So <laughs> for you, World of Warcraft fans, she went from assassin rogue to outlaw rogue, trust me there's a lot of people that are just like oh my god oh my god it makes sense if you're a world of warcraft fan okay heading to bran (laughs) bran's king uh we kind of already (laughs) talked a lot about how well of a king he'll be yeah uh i did like that we saw him during the small council kind of come in and be like you know everything's running well i'm gonna go find (laughs) drogon
1: now one thing i noted i mean as everybody knows Tyrion named him very clearly prominently repeated as bran the broken yeah which was kind of funny and kind of cool but I mean he's the three eyed Raven, so though he's crippled, I would have called him Brand the Wise or Brand the All Seeing or something of great but power and wisdom to sell and knowledge. Story.
0: The story is that he's broken and risen. Yeah. So you have to name him something for the story. Plus I really like it because it bounces off of Brand the Builder. Yeah, I like the idea that builder and broken, you and know. it also goes into oh. medieval
2: history. There's a lot of French kings like Charles the Fat, yeah. Charles the Bald, was probably actually very hairy. <laughs> and so there's like a whole bunch of like jokes about like medieval kings with yeah. like their nicknames like that.
0: It, it really pitches well for getting them back into the groove of things. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Right, you yeah. to go. I mean, it would be nice to go like you know, like Jaharis the Wise. It would, be, it would be nice to do that, but you know, it if, yeah. if fits well. And that's another thing too is George R. R. Martin, his, his love for European. Uh, history is is out, especially in Britannia. Yeah. He's just a big fan of it, so he always leans on it. So I like Bran around his king, and he he seems to be like I'm gonna go catch Drogon, or I'm gonna go find Drogon. Yeah, that'd be yeah. cool if you know he asks, have you guys have home. you guys seen you know which way did Since he go?
1: He. Has he been seen or something like that? And Tyrion says, you know, no, we, we have we have no clue or something yeah. like that. He's like, okay, don't worry, I'll I'll find him or yeah. I'll try to find him or something yeah. like that. That was kind of which cool. I think if
0: he finds him, he's gonna try to kill him. Yeah, because it's unsafe to have that dragon out or well, t- tame him. To, I, I think I think I think he understands that you know you got to get rid of all magic. Well, well, he's magic, but you know, like I, think, you, I
1: think you're the one who's told, who's told me before that the dragons, at least in Game of Thrones, are asexual, so they can lay eggs and yeah. produce their own children without a mate. So I think he's
0: going back to Valyria, mm, where just, it's kind of well designed for them to breed. Yeah, and he's gonna make some babies. Nice. So she, he, whatever, he's the one. Rise of the Dragons. Rise of the Dragons. All right, Jamie's story and everything like that. We saw him die last season. We saw the you know confirmation this episode. Or last episode. Uh, do you guys think he had a pretty good arc? Yeah, I think he had an amazing arc. He
1: went from being yeah. like, you know, the, um, like, a, I mean, pretty much a douchebag. We really... hated
0: him that first episode. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. pushed Bran out the window. He,
1: yeah, he crippled Bran. He was... went from
0: Kingslayer to Kingmaker. Dang. Damn, full of good ones today.
1: Mind blowing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, he went from made a douchebag to being a pretty cool guy, to being an honorable knight, to now, like, embracing. Cersei in their final moments, just that being a, a, moment. a dying lover boy kind of thing. Like it was yeah. like heartbreaking to see them go, see him go. She can die any day, but <laughs> uh, but no, it, I like the way they did. Yeah, it was a
0: very well written arc. I think. what did you think of Jamie's total arc? I think it was good.
2: Yeah, I, I love the way that he changed. Like the moment, like the moment he couldn't do what he was born to do, which was kill people. Yeah, with his right hand, like Isn't he began is. to change. Yeah. Um, I'm not quite sure. I love the way he ended. I was hoping for a little more hope, mm. but like he was addicted to Cersei, and like yeah. his addiction killed him. Yeah, mm-hmm. makes. I mean, it's that's you
0: know George R. R. Martin is is really great about showing us the nihilistic, the reality of the moment where the best he could hope for is something he's already said he wanted in the past. Dying in the loves of uh, in, in the arms of somebody he loves. Mm-hmm. That's what he got. That's what he wanted.
1: Well, with the. If I could change anything in a story, was a little of how that whole situation with Brienne went, because I felt heartbroken the way he just left her and went oh, for well. Cersei. Even though, I mean, she needed that, but I do love how it showed her writing his story. Yeah, She's making history, because that is how miss, hi- history is made, mm-hmm. is just writing on the stories of what happened and how she left it. What, what was, I can't remember the final
0: words. He he died saving his, or protecting his queen. That's right what now. it was,
1: yeah. Oh, man. That was Which just was like, nice.
0: That was a good way to kind of like telling the truth, but with yeah you know his little,
1: name could have been yeah. slandered so bad that he was a king slayer and he went to you know save his sister who he had an affair with and blah 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 it could have been made so terrible i but like yeah it was made honorable and it was cool
0: i like how she stopped to kind of like you kind of saw her think about it like yeah okay that was, yeah. that, was a, that was an okay way good, to roll good conclusion yeah i like brianna total and then we got podrick also joins the king uh, so she's lord commander yeah. of the of the kingsguard and mm-hmm. pod is a member of the kingsguard as well yeah what do you think of those two
2: I I think Brienne was a very good choice. She's clearly qualified. Oh, yeah. She's very loyal. Mm -hmm. I think Pod, that was like a little bit too much of nepotism. Yeah. We're trying to create a meritocracy here, and now we just have someone protecting the king because... They're kind of running out of choices. (laughs) Because, (laughs) oh, yeah, he's a friend of the boss, so... Yeah. (laughs) Which is how it used to be,
0: (laughs) Yeah. True. Yeah. But I did like it. I, I like the idea that in the story where all of our major heroes didn't get the the end we necessarily wanted, mm-hmm. the small ones we do. We see Davos and Bronn yeah, all of raise up. Uh, speaking of our major heroes, no Cersei. <laughs>
3: you
0: guys, th- did you guys like her total arc? I think it didn't quite show what we see in the books. So I'm not a big fan of it.
1: Yeah, I thought I thought it was a little disappointing in the end because I just didn't like the way they tried to humanize her at the end. Yeah. I mean, I would have just liked Daenerys. I I don't know what it is, but. I'd rather see, if I hate somebody, I want to see him die in pain and hatred and not in pity and mercy. But we see, just like Daenerys, Cersei starts crying when she's about to die. And she's afraid and she's scared. Yeah, Yeah, she's vulnerable and weak and she knows it and Mm. then she dies. But she was just super willing to kill all of her citizens and put them in danger's way. Yeah. To protect herself and this chance. Just but how
0: many... Stupidity and ignorance. How many evil dictators or people in this world are just that? They're just people. Yeah. So we see them, them become vicious and evil and stuff like that. And we think like, oh, those are acts of an evil person, a, uh, a demon almost. Yeah. When at the end when she's dying, we realize, no, these were the acts of just a person mm. who happened to be in charge. And and it kind of humanizes her and puts humanity on check. Like you can't just subjugate her to be something out, out of our world or out of our humanity She's a member of our humanity, and we're showing you that in the last moment of her death. All of her hatred and and destruction came from just a human who is now realizing that this is her demise.
1: Yeah. You but know? a well-placed dagger between either her or Daenerys could have stopped a lot of death. Well, you know,
0: what'd you think? Well, I, You know who's got daggers
2: is Arya. She should have done it. Or Tyrion. Yeah. Um, I kind of liked her arc because, mm-hmm. like... I don't know, but I kind of like the middle of it because that kind of showed like, yes, she's like a terrible person, yeah. but she also like really loves her children. Yeah. And so, like, the fact like after her last child dies is when she goes completely off the rails. Yeah. And so, like, after that, like, once she went off the rails, it really didn't care for her anymore.
3: Yeah. But, like,
2: until then, she was such a compelling character because she was that mix. She was like doing terrible, awful things, like commi- committing acts of terrorism mm-hmm. and betraying everyone. But she ha- she seemed to have a very pure motive for doing that. Yeah, and when she lost that motive, I kind of lost interest in her as a character. Mm.
0: One thing that you know in the books, and Joshua, you've read the books, so you, you can adjust to this or you know adhere to this. Whatever I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> they Con- can, contest? Yeah. Either way, anyway, um, in the books, she she seems to be going crazier more more often. Mm. We see. I, I think the last thing I can remember of her, she burns down the house, the house of the hand or the tower of the hand. Mm. You remember that? No, that only thing that happens in the books. I'm pretty sure that happened in the books, and I think maybe it's in a little excerpt from the future book. Mm. Maybe it is, but I, but I'm pretty sure she burns down after after her father dies, mm. and we see her really start to slip. There's all this whole thing. Are the Kettle Blacks—is that their name? Like the brothers that she's like sleeping with and like having them turn on other people and stuff. It's a whole mess. Mm. She's like wreaking havoc in that town. So it's we see her like descend faster, and faster into insanity. So I would I would like to see that version of Cersei because this version of Cersei. That whole second to last episode, we saw her just stand in the tower, very subdued, while Daenerys was flying towards her. Yeah, and I kind of wanted to see her like freak out and just like randomly stab Kybern. You couldn't kill her, and just like yeah. kind of just really flipping out.
1: A little more as- insanity with more brilliant strategy like she doesn't show that much at all in the later seasons well that's too. the
0: thing is i don't necessarily want her to have the brilliant strategy because i think each one of the the tywin children have a piece of tywin yeah and i think the brilliant strategy belongs to Tyrion, Tyrion. yeah but his ruthlessness belongs to her and so i would like to see her kind of you know who i think she should be hmm. is a uh, princess oh i can't think of her name the one from uh legend Allegi- or avatar the last airbender the fire mm-hmm. lord's daughter that her finale is just her going crazy and being oh, chained up. gosh. Zoku and... I know. Everybody in the... Everybody's screaming, it, screaming everybody's at the screaming mic. i But anyways, I'm sorry. yeah. So I think it's that moment. Where I would like to see that where she's just, at the end, unbound insanity. So John's going to go ahead and look that up. We'll go ahead and sorry. go on to the next character while you're doing that. Uh, Davos. Davos, and we'll go ahead and add Braun to this. We see them on the small council and it's ran by Tyrion. Tyrion, of course, the Hand of the King. And uh, he, I like how he, he kind of Cleans up all the seats. Azula. Thank Princess you. Princess Azula. Princess Sorry. Azula. She's amazing. You guys, Last Airbender, some of the best uh, right. storytelling out there. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so he's kind of like fixing the seats, making sure they look all pretty and nice, kind mm-hmm. of like we're going to be, you know, classy around here. Then you have Braun and Davos come in. Anya Knight and Lord of Highgarden Brawn, yeah, <laughs> just is freaking nuts, accidentally. <laughs> now the wealthiest man in the kingdoms, Yeah. they come in and just like, drag the seat over here, I'm having yeah. a seat. And Sam comes in, who for some reason now is Grand Master. I think mm-hmm. he got some, talk about nepotism. He got his, his way in Running there. Running out of good people.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, he's great.
0: He, uh, he basically stole books from Old Town, so he really shouldn't be there, the Citadel, but anyways.
1: But his stealing books did save, well, the living, kind of. The
0: living, yeah. Yeah, yeah. more or less. So, anyways, uh, what do you guys think of the small council?
2: The the end of Davos and Bronn. What do you think of that, Joshua? I love the I love the chemistry they have. Yeah, they have like a beautiful comedic chemistry. Um, I kind of think like Bronn got overrewarded because like he's mm-hmm. like a sellsword. Like he betrays the Lannister. He basically betrays, he betrays everyone at some point. Yeah. And so I kind of like don't like the fact that he's now like a lord, but I guess that's kind of like the point. It's like the, the lords became lords by just being like the biggest scumbags in the land. Something <laughs> he brought up in this season. He brought that so, up. Yeah. So, so I guess in the way that kind of makes sense, but it still kind of feels like super uh, super unjust. I think
0: the symbol of his, symbolism of him, him becoming <clears throat> lord of or whatever the lord of the coin or whatever for you, master of coin, um, is the fact that he's always about money, mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean he's good at money. Yeah. The 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 master of coin needs to increase productivity of the cash flow. You know, they need Make more money. money coming in. Yeah. And just because he's good at making money or cares about money a lot, doesn't mean that he'll be good at this role. Managing money. I think, thank you. I think it's mostly just kind of like, uh, Oh, that's cute. Cause he's all about money. So now he's in charge of the highest kingdom. He's, you know, and it's like, we got you of know,
1: five or six people, you know, that we trust or that we've been through the shit yeah. with not that we really trust but we got five or six guys yeah. what roles are we going to put him in I let's pick it'd some be, spots yeah. it
0: would be way funnier if like some guy named Ted sat down yeah <laughs> like that's Ted it. you guys didn't know about Ted he's hella good at coins Right. he's, been, oh, he's not good at battles that's why you haven't seen him yeah. but he's been trust me you know how all those soldiers got fed that was Ted Right. Yeah. he that heard
1: about the great. dragons, so he's been staying far south yeah. but <laughs> he was ready he, he was gets man, spooked he's been sending ravens like you wouldn't believe you <laughs> <laughs> <He's> just see this <laughs> guy with quick buttons. <laughs> okay, our accounts are straight. Check it
2: out. <laughs> Audited fifteen times, never a problem.
1: Right.
2: And so it kind of actually kind of makes sense that Bron, now that he's like Lord of High, High Garden, is Lord of Coin. Yeah. Because I think a lot of times like that, just like kind of like you have to make personal donations. Yeah. To make that all work that's, out, and yeah. so like it kind of makes sense. For like the wealthiest person. I think like the previous Lord of High, High Garden was also Master of Coin. Was, he was yeah when it was atomic. Yeah. 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 And then before then, like Tywin always had a, like a big say
0: in what happened at King's Landing mm. because it was his funds that were running a lot of the show. Yeah. We saw a um, little finger talk about how in debt they were to him. Mm. And then uh, Davos is master of ships. And I just, again, I love Davos. <laughs> so the idea of him like being the master of ships and just being the master of anything yeah. is kind of like, yeah, all right. No, no I mean, I yeah. don't want to be it. I can read now. That's and they, cool. <laughs> they want to give him,
1: they want to give him a big kind of job of respect because they want to keep him around. Like yeah. you did so much for us. We owe you a lot. Hey, we got to keep you in our inner circle you know what, all of our ships have been destroyed in this massive battle, so we're gonna give you something to do and some authority over you know, some people or whatever. And it makes sense
0: over ships. He's always yeah. been a ship guy. Well allocate you some I funds, kinda wanted him happen. to be the whisper one just because I think he gets gets along with that level of people. I don't know. Peasants. But he's not but it's they always say whisper's kinda of like a schemey thing. Yeah, he's not a shit talker. Yeah. He's so more
1: kind of... bold into your face and honest than yeah varies would have
0: been i do like their little back and forth of like uh hey i need money for ships no we don't have money for ships hey we need brothels that should be where the money goes yeah. no we probably need ships more well then you haven't been using a brothel the right way <laughs> yeah, yeah. That <laughs> that you've been using them wrong <laughs> <laughs> yeah you a good
2: fan of do- uh, davos being a uh, master of ships Kind of, although I think he's always been like more of a diplomat because like, that's where we always yes. see him. We always see him as like being the diplomat for Stannis mm-hmm. being the diplomat of the high council, basically when they're about to kill each other yeah. and he calms everything down. So like, I would have liked to see him like being sent out to Essos and like having his own ship mm-hmm. and going out to Essos and kind of like being like the likable rogue diplomat. That's like ambassador of Westeros. Yes. Yeah. That, that's, I think that would have been a better role for him. The master of ships because, Damn, that would have been good. But, okay, but, but it's also, it's a high honor. And it's like, yeah, he started off as a smuggler, and now he's, like, the admiral of their navy, so yeah, it, it works out.
0: Yeah, and here he, the last <laughs> naval battle he was in, he failed pretty hard, but all right, that's all right. Yeah. But I, I do, I, I always just like Davos. so that's cool. Okay, so let's go ahead and go to next, Grey Worm. He's heading to Essos, boys. He's going to Noth. Yeah, I love I that. really loved that. I okay. thought Noth was in the Summer Isles. Well, I mean, you gotta go past Essos unless he's going to go west of Westeros but you got to go past Essos to get to the somewhere else but yeah he's going to go and and that's Missandei's native home. they talk about how they don't have weapons and soldiers and warriors or whatever so they're going to go there ideally just to protect them And um, hopefully, oh, god, don't bring in
1: that (laughs) ideally question mark. Oh, they might go protect him, or they might be raiding and pillaging and just murdering everybody because they know they don't carry weapons.
0: just heard about this sweet spot where there's no protection, (laughs) he's not gonna lose a single soldier.
1: (laughs) But (laughs) out of respect for Masande, yeah, we can imagine he's gonna go there and be there. Military, there I think it's the return of people.
0: a little bit of humanity, like the idea that he has hope in honoring Masande, bringing yeah. her back. Yeah, he's not throwing the slave collar away because he's forgetting about her, mm-hmm. because that's not her anymore. Yeah, so he's gonna go protect her home where before she was a slave. Yeah, a
2: big and unanswered question that we have is like, what's happening on Saviors Bay? Because the moment Daenerys leaves mm-hmm. it, we know nothing about it.
0: We have heard whispers that like Asaphor's gone and Marine's been in shambles because she left it with uh, what's, what's his, his name, name? Don Darian. Yeah, right. Um, so. It, we yeah we hear Slavers Bay's a mess now, and it's because Daenerys is a hell of a good invader, not a great ruler.
2: Yeah, you know, and um, yeah, she so needs to
1: be followed by a great ruler.
2: So mm-hmm. so the question loves- is like it like. It would be great if, like, the Unsullied go to, like, somewhere else to protect people from slavers. Yeah. But, like, is that still a problem on Slavers Bay? And we don't know yet because we don't know if, they, if they're following their treaty with Daenerys or, like, oh, she's gone. We can do whatever we want I now. think
0: they do mention that they're not following her <laughs> treaty anymore. I think yeah. they heard, they mentioned that they're all wreaking havoc. Yeah. I think Darien even, like, opened up the fighting pits and everything like that. That's what they were saying. Something like that. I yeah. correctly. And I don't think
1: Grey Worm's really concerned with her standards and morals of, let's, you know, free the slaves and make pieces of like that. He's kind of abandoned all that. With Masande's death, he kind of gave up on all what he had. He's just yeah. like, you know, I'm gonna go back and honor her. This is what she wanted, and I'm gonna protect her people because that's that was kind yeah. of our end game. Is after all this is said and done, we'll go back to her land and yeah. live a peaceful life and p- protect those who can't protect themselves. So I think he's just taking that up on his own.
0: Yeah. Hopefully. Okay. So real quick, let's jump back on this moment that you and me were talking about before, Joshua. Um One thing that sub- that pacified. Grey Worm was when Tyrion said, this is what our queen wanted, to break the wheel. Yeah. And the fact that they were going to now, instead of having it be the son of the king that chooses, or this, the new king, it'll now be an elected person from the lords of all of the six kingdoms. Mm-hmm. Do you think, how did that pacify Grey Worm? That doesn't seem like it'd be enough. Uh,
1: that's hard. I mean, because he's really, I mean, he has power and authority and the fact that he controls the the unsullied yeah he has one of a couple i mean we now we know at that situation he is faced with the stark army who's ready to to battle him and he doesn't want to lose what less he has of his soldiers he doesn't have much to fight for anymore pretty much nothing to fight for yeah his queen has died um so i think he's just kind of like he's fighting for her honor he's uh, arguing for her honor at that point yeah but Like I said, there's not much to, to, to fight for. So he's, you know, she wanted this, let's push for this. But in the end, he knows he's going to sail off a different direction and say, forget you guys. I'm not going to sit here and lose the last of my men and lose my life for a queen. That's not alive anymore. So for
0: people that I do not care about. Yeah. He was not about to settle down on the reach. He was like, I don't need things. Like he really was done with you guys.
1: Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I, I think he was just kind of ready to get out of there, but still, want he was ready. To, he wanted to get justice, is what it was. I think he wanted. Oh, I to, like that. Yeah, he yeah. wanted to kill Tyrion. He wanted to kill Jon. He wanted to kill everybody. In that area and then leave, but he knew he couldn't get his men out alive if he was to do that. So
0: I think, well, I mean, on that note, I mean, it, I think it was ten thousand versus ten thousand. Yeah, and I think been a good one battle. of those two armies is unsullied army, and True. they are a defending army inside of what's left of a castle. Yeah. So I think that they would have hurt the north a lot more than they got hurt. But still, and
1: the other one's probably not much north soldiers. It's the stragglers of what was rounded up, which was yeah. a lot of women and children. So
0: you <laughs> <laughs> guys have not... like survived like two Thanos snaps. <laughs> they yeah. tired. It's
1: probably ten thousand versus a few. 200 good strong yeah. men.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's like some sheep farmers, like, I got this guy's hand, <laughs> yeah, right? And a couple sheep.
2: <laughs> yeah. But like some nice suits. I'm like, trust me, it'll work. Yeah. What'd you think of that? So I like the way that Tyrion like reframed like what Daenerys was fighting for because yeah. like she believed in hereditary rights. The only reason why she came to Westeros was hereditary rights. Right. True. And so, like,
3: that's a good point. <laughs>
2: And so I, I think like I love the way that he reframed it. And so like he could, so he allowed Grey Worm the opportunity mm-hmm. to do what Grey Worm wanted, which yeah. I think was actually Daenerys's true intention of like letting the slaves have freedom, including the Unsullied, while also like saying like, oh yeah, you're helping complete her mission.
0: Yeah, it was it was a good way. <laughs> I like that idea. Mm-hmm. The idea that she doesn't care about. Her, uh, uh, lineage is yeah. crazy because she, that's her whole thing yeah his baratheons didn't have blood rights
1: but she but he painted a good picture of what would have at least what sold well to gray worm yeah as daenerys's true purpose because she couldn't have children prior.
0: so there you could argue that hmm. that she didn't have plans to have her own children and then pass it on to that child i like that that you know? it was little Unless a... was gonna be king
1: oh,
0: oh so much better <laughs> 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 what uh, do you think should we <laughs> have a tournament king. or just eat a bunch of sheep <laughs> 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 I think sheep's gonna win every time just feed the king just keep feeding him <laughs> I yeah. like it alright so let's let's wrap it up with our last uh, big character we're gonna talk about is Daenerys mm-hmm. uh, big controversy over how she was written out and I think that was just the case of hey we only have so many more seasons to go I think in the books it'll be far different and I truly love this show so I I think that they did the best they could there's nobody who's in the part of this project at all that doesn't care about this project they've dedicated dedicated their life to this so in that keeping that in mind of keeping like respect in mind how do you think daenerys's arc went out
3: Hmm.
0: john
1: i i loved her arc because the the writers did such a beautiful job at making us fall in love with her because they introduced her as a child she was just an innocent little girl who was being dragged around by her bully brother you know eventually her brother was murdered which is kind of great (laughs) <laughs> uh, but she, I mean, in the process, she was sold off to this big, powerful leader. Um, she kind of, because of his gentleness and, and, I don't know, respect, she kind of fell in love with her husband. Uh, but then he was taken from her and she was wronged and hurt and found the the power of a mother of dragons and brought her children to be born her dragons. And then she was empowered and took took power and freed slaves and developed who she was and we fell in love with her the whole time. Like we just kept wanting to root for her yeah. every step of the way. We're like, "That's awesome! You freed these people." Even though some things had a little bit of a sideways look to them, we didn't. We didn't care about that. We wanted to write it.
0: It was slave masters the whole time. Like yeah, that. we wanted to
1: see her as a good person, and then we see her grow and get a little bit too much power. But then she finds John, and oh man, it's going to be a beautiful love affair, and they will rule together because varies. And what was it, Mormont and uh, Tyrion Tyrion are saying together, oh, imagine how beautiful it would be if the three of them could, or the two, sorry, the two of them could rule (laughs) together side by side. Uh, And so we kind of think about that. Like, that would be cool because they would balance each other out and and they would have so much power and, you know, authority and honor and respect and perfect. But we see that turn, that cold kiss between them, that little separation between them, and then sure enough, she's flying over the... (laughs) <laughs> the uh, uh king's, landing. king's landing burning innocent women and children and it's yeah. just that that complete change of her character heartbreak you see it in yeah. her face such yeah. great acting so i mean i i love her art because we fell so in love with her and then so so effectively not quickly but effectively were turned away from her yeah and then you get to the point like you said the last last episode that we're waiting like oh shit who's gonna kill her she's gotta die oh my god it's amazing
0: how fast that happens
1: right like she was so cool we trust her we respected her we loved her oh god now she's killing everybody (laughs) we put an arrow in her head she's gotta die right now like somebody jump up there and stab her in the back and then we're just god that was so (laughs) it was so well written but that
0: right there that sentence yeah it's so hard because people right now they're angry Mm -hmm. and they're saying it's the writing's fault it's the writing's (laughs) fault guys think Uh. about it you're angry about a freaking tv show right that's not the (laughs) writing's fault oh wait that is the writing's fault (laughs) go to
1: work and talk to somebody who doesn't watch game of thrones and see what they think about you because you are so emotionally invested in a tv show well written.
0: How does Jake? We'll <laughs> bring
1: State Farm, right? <laughs> Jake from State Farm. How's he
0: feeling about the emotions going He's on? He's
1: confused. Here? <laughs> He's like, "What are you talking about?"
2: Oh,
0: so the lady on the dragon a dragon burn people. Kind of sounds like a given. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just cry with me, Jake. Just cry
2: with me. <laughs> Joshua, uh, what do you think okay. of Denarius's story? It's an inspiring personal story. It's <laughs> yeah. It's a depressing global story. Yeah, yeah. Because she's yeah. she's born. She She her actions cause the death of her brother, and then she then she like causes destruction in Slavers Bay, and she destroys yeah. cities. And then she like, brings the Kalisar over, destroys most of them. Mm-hmm. And so like her her personal like empowerment has been the destruction of thousands and thousands of lives. Yeah. And so it's like we've the writing has been so good because it's kind of hidden that from us. Yeah. We've been so focused on like wow, look at her empowerment as in person, look at how how great she's becoming. But we've that that cost has been hidden from us in a way until that last episode where she destroys an entire city. And We're like, oh, that's that's where she's getting all her empowerment from. Yeah. And so then then we realize that maybe like having her around is more costly than our love for her, and that's what Jon figures out.
0: Yeah, I think that's okay. one thing that that we kind of forget as we're watching the show is we watch her increase in power and we're rooting for her the whole time, but like like you're saying with her love for Drogon, I think her love for Drogon Drogo is the fact that. She, you know, she gets some advice on how to overpower him. You know, Cal Drogo. Uh, she, she gets some advice on how to overpower him, like sexually and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Then she does, and and she finds joy in that. Like mm-hmm. I'm pinning down Cal Drogo while we have sex, mm-hmm. and and we see that in her. Like we're like, yeah, you go, girl. But then you got to think of that through her personality. Is that she's finding that joy and power, yeah. and that's like triggering something in her. A little bit because of lust she's, for power. She's always been belittled by her brother mm. and by her situation, yeah. and always being on the run and stuff like that. So then we slowly see her gain power this whole time. She burned all those slavers when she got the Unsullied. She got, you know, throughout time we've already done this part, but we've already explained how we've seen her evolve, gaining power and and every time we've been rooting for her doing something, it's really been, you know, it's rooting for murder. Yeah. But, you know, so I think it's one of those things where I really have enjoyed her story this so far. And at the end, when you feel so emotional about a character, I think the way they wrote her out where she's just flying off a of Drogon mm. was wonderful. Yeah. I, you know, a couple of people I follow on Twitter that I I've really, uh, you know, I enjoy them. They They're joking around like, you know, Drogon's going to go eat her now. She's meat i are like no 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 come on don't do that no to way. me that doesn't make sense but um yeah I, I do like that idea that he's taking her off and probably gonna go lay her down somewhere in you know Volantis or somewhere beautiful you know valeria yeah, valeria, yeah thank you I'm imagining
1: there's a couple eggs that have already hatched in valeria so he's gonna go over there amongst other dragons lay her somewhere and together they'll burn her you know down and then...
0: <laughs> yeah you're thinking of some like nice ritual dragon yeah, ritual imagine, cool.
1: imagine they're pr- they're Intellectual creatures, right? I'd like to think so. I don't know.
0: So yeah, so I think they did a nice job with Daenerys, and I think it was a fitting in, So I'm I'm happy with it. Okay. Uh. Well. Well. Our last little bit before we finish off the show, guys. Let's talk about all these prequels we got burning up. Okay. Oh, I'm stoked. They have five in the works. Three of them are actually in production, which is. Just That's crazy. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's yeah. huge. Yeah.
1: Three spin offs yeah. of, uh, of a single TV series.
0: Yeah, we have them. Uh, we got Jane Goldman. She made Kingsman, The Golden Circle, which I really like that. Hmm. I was uh, working on one of them. Max Borenstein, uh, Heatstein, he did uh, Kong Skull Island. Brian Helgeland did Legend. Carly Ray <laughs> does Mad Men. That one. Whoever did Mad Men, make, make my next <laughs> Money Maker right there. <laughs> Mad Men's so good. Anyways. Yeah um has an unsatisfactory ending too makes sense mm. so i we know one of them is going to be taking place in Valeria, and has to do with some of that sothros i'm not I'm saying that name right joshua do you know how to say the southern continent's name
1: no okay it's, it's,
0: it's like sothros but there's a y in there somewhere it's mm. very low or game of thrones of
1: the south gotcha yeah south Eros. so it has
0: something it's going to be in that region just because we know from casting because all these different regions have specific you know kind of casting mm. brown people
3: well, yeah, if you're, if you're
0: talking about Southwest, they they are. You. And then if you're talking about Volantis, it has, or not Volantis, Valeria, thank you, uh, has like this very pale skin with the white hair and stuff like that, so. Did you just thank yourself? I did. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> thank you. <Catch> you <laughs> um, okay, so we know that. All the other projects, just real quick, like two minutes, what kind of spinoff or prequel
2: would you want to see? Joshua, you go first. The only thing I can think that would work would be like, of Robert's Rebellion because we've loved, we've fallen in love with these characters. And so we haven't really fallen in love with Westeros. We fell in love with Jon, with Arya, with, with Daenerys. And so the only way that would work is if we like go back and we can like see Robert's Rebellion. So we see a young Robert Baratheon, we see Ned Stark, we see a young Tywin Lannister. And so, and like very, very young, like maybe Jamie and Cersei and so we we can we can kind of see the evolution as characters and so that is like the only way like you can connect this audience to the audience of the spin-offs, spinoffs otherwise they're going to be completely unconnected and no one's going to be interested i think that would be great i think we have to wait like another 10 years before we see that it would be too soon to jump into that one
0: i would love that and one thing that's really nice to kind of keep in mind is that's post dragons still so the budget can be nice and low and one thing i love about game of thrones is that it kind of like got lost in the last couple seasons is I like the political dynamics not mm. so much like massive battles and dragon burning things that's fun to watch yeah. but why I fell in love with the show is watching Cersei Scheme and Tyrion try to outdo that mm. that's what felt so I think with Robert's Rebellion I think we could see a lot of that yeah. John, any ideas?
1: I mean I'd love to see a series just based on John and Torment up north yeah. their that's future together right that'd be so cool <laughs> buddy <laughs> cop drama of them yeah. trying to tame buddy the cop. wild <laughs> you know <laughs> that'd be so cool uh, yeah. But seeing, like, you know, Arya, her future sailing, but also not just her future, but hers, like we'd mentioned before, it'd be cool to see a couple months or something like that of her and the Hound traveling, just going from, yeah. you know, Winterfell the to catch the I got you something for um, you. But also, I would love to see something more about the Faceless Men, about how they were yeah. developed. Like, you could see a story... Of, oh,
0: yeah, that story is freaking great.
1: So not necessarily them now where they're, you know, they have temples and all that stuff, but no. just day one of some guy who decides, I'm going to follow this god, this one god of the many, and... No, do you know? No, I don't know nothing. I know zero. Oh, Tell if, me the story. Right,
0: it's in the books, uh, and it's phenomenal. Okay, the story we'll of over, the... I'll go over it real fast.
1: How it, was assembled, how it was made?
0: Oh, yeah. So they're in these, like, caves. Mm-hmm. They were mining for the Valyrians, right? Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Everybody's—they're all slaves down there working in these caves, and they're praying to their gods for death. Yeah. And finally, they start. And one of these groups starts to slowly build. That's going around answering these prayers and uh, killing the slaves. that just want that. to escape this prison that they're in, basically. And that's how they. Became, so that's why they're the many-faced gods. It's all the gods of death from the many religions of everybody praying for death in there because there's slaves captured uh, from everywhere. Oh man, it's a beautiful. It, like, Beautiful story, but yeah. Basically, a serial, a serial off, killer yeah.
2: got a great idea to to, to, to franchise. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> He's like, I could
0: open up a couple of these. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I,
2: I, the one I want to see,
0: and it's one that George R. Martin already said, it's not going to happen because he wants to make more books from it, which is a good sign for the future, guys. Nice. So we probably won't see one now. We'll see it someday. It's Dunkin' Egg, yeah. which is 100 right. years before this. It's, uh, I want to say, it's Egg on the, or I can't remember. But anyways, and Duncan the Tall, which is an ancestor of Bri- uh, Brienne of Tarth. Yeah. So think of Brienne protecting a young boy Targaryen. Mm-hmm. It's really Night's Tale. Night's Tale got their idea from this, mm. and think of Night's Tale, but like carried out, where you have this one knight pretending to be a knight, and they catch him and like, oh, you're not really a knight, and they decide like, oh, well, you know what? This kid he's protecting, that's his ward that nobody knows about, and who's bald is actually Aegon Targaryen, the son that ran away. And he's mm. bald because he's been shaving his white hair so nobody knows he's a Targaryen. And that kid makes him a knight. Mm. And then so now he is actually a knight. And then he goes south to try to find his girlfriend who is a puppet master at this <laughs> big tournament. It's so amazing. <laughs> it's a wonderful, good, classic medieval story. Oh, nice! It, it, it's begging to be made. But mm. George R. Martin's like, no, hold on. I got to flush more out of that before we yeah. do anything. So that's a good sign. Hmm. I like to see that. I'm yeah. excited. I think that's it for us, guys. So, did you say we know three that are already being made, though? We three are in production. We only know of one of. We only know by the casting of one of them. Okay. Where it's located. Okay. We have so. I mean, look. I mean, we have watches on the walls. A dedicated group that's trying to find out as much information right. as we can. It's
1: going to be five years before we see anything. Yeah.
0: I'm gonna so be, I'm going to be
1: so old.
0: I. The, mom and Dad. Uh, you know, I watched the first time I watched it. I went and watched it over at their house. Yeah. And uh, it was funny because Mom's like joking around, like oh yeah they were saying on the news that there's like support groups and stuff like that counselors you can see about you know because now there's no more Game of Thrones and stuff like that and I'm like ah, that's funny did you catch the number I'm just wondering <laughs> yeah. I'm call and make fun of them <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> is there one nearby <laughs> <laughs> I was starting one that's so funny so yeah uh, it's been great guys let us know what you guys thought of these episodes we could always use the reviews on iTunes yeah. uh, and all the other ones are Spotify and, and Spotify's actually growing quite big nice.
1: we love Game of Thrones but if there's a different series that you guys exactly. recommend we could totally be kind of thinking series. maybe
0: Westworld, it's oh, something that gosh. would really take a lot. Westworld is one of those shows that takes so much analyzing. I would love to yeah, pour some hours into it's that. It's deep. So, if there is a show out there that you guys think you know you'd like to hear from us, let us know. There's a new Lord of the Rings coming up, and of course, there's a spin off to this stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, there is a uh, I think it's Wheel of Time, I want to say yeah. that they're working on. I have the book for it, it. It's and we have Watchmen coming up. So, nice. Uh, thank you very much, Joshua, for joining us. You yeah. kicked butt, man. You did a great job, and then Jonathan, of course, as always. Oh, yeah. If you guys, by the way, our newest shirt—I'll mention it during our main episode too. We have the newest shirt; it's the Jonathan shirt. God, check a, it out!
1: He's got a big nose.
0: Watch out! i will i I'll have to mention—I'll have to mention the artist's name. I forgot it right now. I'm sorry about that. But I'll mention it during our main show when we do a big plug for it. But that's about it, guys. Thank you again for joining us, and we'll see you all on uh, Monday. Bye. Bye.